everyone, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm really excited to be joined by one of my closest friends in this episode. It's none other than Priya Shikagiri. Hi Priya, thanks for saying yes to being on my podcast. Hello, and no worries. I'm ha- excited to be here. So, should we dive straight into this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you a question. What <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, yes. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an air hostess. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I mm-hmm. I I just I think for me they just they were so elegant so gracious and their job just seemed so fun so I just aspired to be like them (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say that's actually a very common answer um and I also remember when I used to be on flights and then I used to look up to them and I think you know wow like I want to be like them and um I mean just imagine like flying around looking all like prim and proper so yeah, I understand. But that is obviously very different to <laughs> where you what you do now. Yeah. It's completely like on the complete opposite spectrum. I mean, I think I wanted to do something like not what always wanted to, but when I was young I I just loved the idea of um flying and like traveling mm-hmm. and becoming an air hostess. But I think as I grew older my ambitions changed mm-hmm. and even I feel like every day I'm just like, oh, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just different things every day. I feel like I still haven't fully discovered myself yet, but I'm slowly finding things mm-hmm. that I like and enjoy. So, yeah, getting there slowly. Um, so yeah. you obviously mentioned that you, you know, you really enjoy traveling. And I know you and obviously you have traveled a lot. And actually taking it back, uh, you know, back a few years before even um you grew up as an army kid and that meant like me you were an army kid and we both had different journeys but one thing that is um similar is that as an army kid we do travel around quite a lot well i think you did because um i was obviously residing in india where i did my education but tell me a little bit about you know your journey growing up and whether or not you went to different schools um and in different countries yeah so i've actually been moving around since i was really young so my brother um went to school in india as well he did um his boarding there a uh, borders there i don't know what it's called but he but he's basically in boarding school in india as well mm-hmm. and when i was born i think after two months of me being born we went to brunei so like you said, we were both army kids and, you know, because our dads had to be um, relocated every, I believe it's like every three or four years we yeah. had to move around. Um, so ever since I was a little baby, I've just moved around a lot. Um, so I I went to Brunei when I was two months old and I, I this part of my life, <laughs> I've asked my parents so many times, but it's still a little unclear to me. I, I can't remember when exactly we went to Nepal, but I I know I haven't stayed there for a long time. I think the longest I've stayed there is probably a year. And I went to school in Nepal. So when I was really young, I went to school, um, a English boarding school in Nepal. Where, um, but I wasn't in the boarding in the boarding school there. It was just a day school. Right. And then I moved. Then I went back to Brunei. Um, 
I think in between I came to the UK, but I was too young to attend school. And then after that, we went back to Brunei. I did my primary education in Brunei. And then again, I moved back to Nepal and um, we had about six to eight months of living in Nepal. Right. And during that time, because, you know, we had quite a <laughs> quite a long time there, uh, like a long time to spend in Nepal, my parents are like, okay, let's put them in school for the mm-hmm. time being. And then like, you know, not to, to not disrupt our education. So they put me and my brother both in a boarding school. So we were both in the same school. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, this is, <laughs> this is probably the most crazy thing I've done probably I want to hear this (laughs) so I I we were both in the boarding school and because it was only uh, for a short amount of time we didn't have all the proper uniforms so we didn't have and you know some schools in Nepal can be quite strict Mm -hmm. so we, we used to have daily morning um assemblies and me and my brother were not allowed to go to the assembly because we didn't have the right uniform. So we didn't have the right socks or the right shorts or whatever it was. We didn't have the right uniform. So we weren't allowed to go to the morning oh, really? assemblies. Um, and then like, you know, I I can't, I think it's like months went by. And one day I was just like, I've had enough. I, I miss home. Mm-hmm. I want to go back home. So me and my brother like hatched this scheme to run away from my boarding school. <laughs> and, we, and my auntie used to go to the same school. So she was only a couple of years older than us. So we were in the board um, boarding house with her. And then we like hatched this scheme. We're like, okay, at this time we're going to get a rickshaw. And then we're going to go back home. No and so we got a little... Oh my god, the funny thing is like the school was um it was owned by one of my grandfathers and I me and my brother probably had it the easiest because if we, <laughs> we could just go to their house, which is basically in the schoolyard, we could just go to their house and stay with them. But we're like, no. So we took a rickshaw, it was like a ten minute ride back home. My parents are like, huh? and then yeah oh so. no I that love was, that yeah, I love how you guys had the guts to do that at such a young age very oh, um, ballsy yeah. <laughs> but at that time you know like I could barely speak English like it was um and I I could speak Nepali but I could barely read or write Nepali mm. so I feel like I was just stuck in between but no, yeah it was quite a, it's a fun time when I look back now I I, I really wish I studied in Nepal for a little bit longer like when you know when you talk about all your um school memories I'm like oh I wish I had that as well so I feel like I never had that kind of like sisterhood or that um like that um convent school and like that memories that yeah 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 that was my schooling wow (laughs) yeah that is quite a lot of movement um there when you were young um so I suppose when you fast forward um a few years ahead um I know we you know we both kind of well I joined also's primary in year six and you were there for a few years already and then obviously we went on to um a second the same secondary school and you obviously yeah. are a year um below me um so how was your experience like you know from um shifting from Nepal and Brunei to coming to UK and then the education here how did you find that yeah I think you know initially it was 
a big culture shock definitely mm-hmm. like I said like I could barely speak the language I mean we used to have English lessons in Brunei and in Nepal but it's it's not the same as it like you're not submersed in the culture mm-hmm. so it's such a big culture shock and coming in you know I was just trying to like get my head around the schooling system the the language barriers and everything but slowly I think because we came at such a young age where we're still developing we were kind of like a sponge and slowly we I picked up the oh not slowly really but quite quickly I think people all are uh, kids our age like friends our age we all picked it up relatively quickly mm-hmm. and um yeah after that you know I think my primary school experiences for me was really positive like I had a lot of fun I made a lot of friends and I, it really helped that a lot of um uh, the good friends that we have now you know we all went to the same primary school then we all went to the same secondary school so we had that support system and we we're all from the same backgrounds in terms of being army kids so I think having that really really helped and it was just yeah for me primary school was really positive and going into secondary school it was um, again it was another big shock to the system like I think when you're just growing up everything is a bit um it's a bit uh, scary and mm-hmm. daunting. Overall, but it's been really positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. for me, overall, like secondary school and both of them have been really positive and I learned a lot and I made a lot of really good friends. And, yeah. yeah. That's, no, that's really good. Okay. Um, so moving on to subjects then, um, were you aware of what you wanted to be, say, when you were doing your GCSEs or A-levels? Um, had you thought about your future fully? I mean, what subjects did you take in your GCSEs and A-levels and were they reflective of what you wanted to do or was it more of a, mm, I like these subjects, I'm good at it and that's why I will yeah. go ahead with it? Yeah, I think, you know, being an Asian kid is very stereotypical, but parents always have an expectation don't they oh like, god yes yeah so my parents were the polar opposite my dad was very like oh you know you should be a doctor you should do this like very um the traditional jobs and traditional yeah yeah. <laughs> my mom was more like oh it'd be so good if you could get into like media journalism being on tv really i did not know oh, that oh my yeah. god so it was That's like really cool. obviously she used to make me do like little fashion shows for her and be like oh you're so great at this and like it was just the complete opposite right and then i did um i think at one point i did really want to be a doctor and like i was very set on the idea and i i, I remember thinking okay um i want to go into medicine and then in future i want to become a gp or a consultant one of those things like i had my um ideas and i had my plan mm-hmm. and i was gonna pick science and then i was gonna because i remember our history uh, for gcc was uh, medicine through time and stuff like that and i was i was always like okay i'm gonna do medicine but then I don't know when, I think something happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was when um, we started our family business. That's when I kind of realized, actually, you know what, in the future, I see myself more in the business world than I do being a medic. Right. And I found myself becoming more and more squeamish towards like um, watching, you know, sometimes you see those um, videos where they're doing surgeries and oh stuff. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, and like I found myself becoming more squeamish to those videos and like the sight of like cuts and stuff like that would make my whole body shiver. And I'm like, how can I be a doctor with things like that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, just, it was so silly. But I remember like in 
I can't remember where, like what date. Oh, oh, actually, no, I do remember. I think it was just before we had to make the choices for our GCSEs. But it was this bus ride or this car drive um, back home. And it just hit me like, you know, actually, I want to do, I want to go into business. I don't want to go into medicine. And I'd already picked history. And I went back home that day and I was like, actually, no, I don't enjoy history at all. Let mm-hmm. me change my options. So then for my GCSEs, I decided to do um, business studies, German, geography. Um, I think those are the three outside options we could choose. And then all the other um, normal subjects like English, math, science. I I chose triple science as well. But yeah, so I think it was just this one day where I was just like, actually, you know what, I I can't be a doctor. I don't have that um, inner passion to be a doctor, whereas I would love to go into business. I would love to like kind of be in that world. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I I made that switch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so good that you had that moment you know where it just clicked and you figured out what you liked and didn't like and I think that's so important so then kind of moving on to A levels how did you proceed from you know um, obviously knowing what you wanted to do and then choosing those subjects yeah so A level I mean I I think academically I've been relatively good um, no yeah yeah of course so like I, don't feel shy I, about boosting <laughs> I'm like I was more book smart than I was street smart let's just say that <laughs> but I think to people um I it was it didn't I don't think they thought that I was that smart no <laughs> what do you mean? Smart, you know what I mean like I was always quite good at maths um yeah. though for me I I did choose maths like I enjoyed it and I was like okay I'll go with maths and then I I think it was just talking to you guys as well in terms of psychology I really liked the idea of learning psychology Mm -hmm. so then you guys kind of like um, persuaded me to go down that route I was like okay I'll choose psychology and be really interesting to learn about like human behaviors and then from there, we had, what else did I do? Oh, I did maths, further maths, psychology, and economics. Economics is something that really interested me. Like when we used to have subject descriptions, right? When you're choosing A-levels, if yeah. I remember correctly. And reading about economics, I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. And then I spoke to my business studies teacher, she used to be really really great really helpful and you know she was like economics would be something um really great for you to go into especially if you want to go into business and I'm so glad I did because I think it set a really good foundation for um for for just everything for me in terms of learning about business Mm -hmm. so yeah so those are the four subjects that I chose further maths was definitely my least favorite it was so tough I think that's when I started hating maths oh god (laughs) yeah I chose those purely because um I wanted um my subjects to be to kind of um reflect what I wanted to do in the future and I think around maybe the second year of um no not second year sorry like halfway through my first year of A-levels I kind of wanted to go down into the accounting route so yeah those my subjects yeah wow I mean maths isn't you know more than enough and then you add further maths and add economics to that I think my mind would just fry up (laughs) I very very analytical actually when I look back but that's why I added psychology I think after talking to you guys and also because of the rest of the subjects that I'd chosen psychology was such a nice um 
it's subject. A balance. It was hard, but it was just different such a well-rounded topic. Yeah, yeah, it was so different, and it was just it was teaching me a different side, um, it, like to to my perspectives. If that yeah. makes sense, mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So obviously, you know you uh got into lsc and i can't imagine how happy you must have been you know it's got such a great reputation i mean obviously apart from the fact it's such a well-known you know prestigious university why did you choose it i mean was that the main reason yeah lsc oh my goodness you know i hadn't heard of lsc um when i first started looking into accounting um i told my brother that i was like oh I, i'm thinking about doing accounting like i think um that's something i'm interested in and he's like jokingly he's like oh well, are you gonna apply to london school of economics and i was like hey, what the hell is that oh really <laughs> wow had, yeah i had no idea about lse and i think to then like up to um a levels even even further like we've just been so shielded like growing up I think we've been so shielded and like I don't know how to describe it but I was just so unaware of so many things Mm, I agree I agree it wasn't until like we I was researching like unis and um uh, looking for brochures and stuff like that that my eyes were kind of opened into all sorts of different universities and everything like that but for me LSE after my brother told me about the uh about LSE I um started looking into them I did my research and I found like what an amazing university it was mm-hmm. like it was one of the top unis um in the country I think it was ranking like second or third at that time yeah and it was equivalent to um Oxford and Cambridge wow. and I was like oh my god that would be amazing if I got in like you know uh, I, I'm that like, was like your dream yeah, university exactly yeah. and for me, um, I, I attended um, an open day as well um, to the to LSE and I went with my dad and it was, the location was just, I loved the location because it's in central, it was in central London, mm-hmm. um, in Kingsway, in, um, in Holborn, and I, I, everything about that uni just felt so metropolitan and like, you know, just living that city life. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's the dream isn't it like in london yeah you have that freedom (laughs) exactly going from like our little village to (laughs) definitely of the world for me anyway in that time at that time yeah it just sounded so exciting and i really loved the course and everything about it and i think um the reputation of the uni definitely persuaded me as well mm-hmm. because I had gone to an open day in Loughborough as well and I fell in love with Loughborough just as equally. Mm-hmm. It was just a complete opposite feel to um, LSE. So it was more campus-based. LSE is not campus-based at all. So you have your main um, your main like buildings in terms of your lecture halls and your classrooms and all of that. But you don't live in uni, so you have to live outside. Right. Whereas um, Loughborough is a campus-based university. So within that perimeter, you have your um, all your accommodations, all your lecture halls, your everything that you need is mm-hmm. in that perimeter of the university. So it was just a complete opposite. And I when I, I chose Loughborough as my insurance uni purely because I loved it so much. Like everything about Loughborough I loved. Right. Um, and then I chose LSE as my top choice 
again because I loved it so much but that reputation that LSE had kind of edged it a little bit more yeah so that's why yeah I yeah, went to LSE. I mean yeah I would have definitely chosen LSE as well so <laughs> <laughs> and also I definitely agree to the point where you say you know we we've been so sheltered and you know mm. I think in a way especially in today's um day and age like kids our age when we were um in secondary school I think we for some reason it was either us not being proactive um enough but these days I feel like you know um they are so much there's so much resources out there and there's so much that you know students can look into to find out what they want to do you know what's available um but I also think um for us Asians especially coming as first generations it's it is not the same as it would be for the kids now because I think they have so much more people that they can look up to and kind of feed on the experiences of. 100%. I agree with that, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, they have so many resources and so many, like, um, yeah, resources out there for them, you know, yeah. and we barely had any, I want to say. I think maybe we did, we just didn't know where to look at that time. Yeah. And like you said, we were a first generation and like mm-hmm. it was hard to find someone older than us um, yeah. that had gone through the the same experience or was doing something, yeah, something in their field. So that's actually, um, if I may promote myself. A yeah, of course, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the reasons I um, started the mentor scheme in mm-hmm. uni. Um, we wanted to help like um it was mainly initially it was mainly focused around the Nepalese community mm-hmm. purely because of what we just discussed like yeah. it was to help prospective university students kind of learn about their um courses and learn about the university that they wanted to go to or the course that they wanted to do you know we were gonna uh, we matched like um a-level students with someone in uni um doing something that they wanted to do or in the unit that they wanted to go to to kind of explain to them and like to be like their buddy essentially kind of mm-hmm. like taking them through the experience how it is how they're finding it what the course is like so they have that support system you know before going into uni absolutely because we didn't have any of that so uh, yeah so when I was in uni we created that um that little um, initiative and it was so I feel like looking back it was such a good idea and it still is a good idea Absolutely, so I'm just giving yeah. myself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> no, I think that is so good because I was just thinking, you know, representation definitely matters and it's so important to have that guidance and um, someone to kind of um, seek for advice, um, especially people who look like you. For instance, you just said it's it was mainly focused for the Nepalese commu- Nepali community. Um, so I think that that's such, an, such a good idea and I think you should like keep on, I think, pushing it. Yeah, a thousand and ten percent represent. I can't speak. Representation <laughs> matters. Like mm-hmm. when I start, uh, when I'm looking through um, LinkedIn now, I see so many Nepalese people, uh, Nepali people doing so well, mm-hmm. and they're in amazing roles, am- doing amazing jobs, and I'm like, wow! Like, I wish um, I had someone like them when I was growing up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really great. I definitely agree. Yeah, so. Um, before I jump into obviously after uni, your life um, after university, I just want to say, how did you balance your social life, you know, and um, all of that with everything that you had going on in university? I mean, how did you handle that? 
oh that was <laughs> initially I had no balance I okay mean, if you come on it's it, we were at home but sheltered for the so last long. <laughs> years of my life you know yeah I think relate as well definitely I think a lot of Nepali people can relate Mm -hmm. I I was such a good girl I didn't drink till I was 18 I barely did anything I used to go to school come home do my homework like the perfect perfect Asian Asian kid yeah (laughs) the the ideal Nepali kid and then once I went to uni like all of a sudden I had so much freedom and for the first few months you know it I definitely did not know how to balance anything it was it was really tough and like there was no one there to tell you what to do or mm-hmm. when to do something by you know you, you have to do everything by yourself yeah so it took a lot of learning and a lot of growing up but eventually eventually you get there mm-hmm. but I uh, to be 100% honest like I did not have it together in the beginning like I would think I was just enjoying my freedom so mm-hmm. much that I just took advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of students. I think the first year is just they're figuring out everything and having fun. Yeah. And then towards the end of the first year, like, okay, you know, I need to focus now. I need to make sure I have this balance <laughs> going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice. Um, so let's now jump to your journey after university days. I mean, it must have been pretty uh, exciting but also a pretty nervous step you know taking that next step out of that because the university kind of becomes like your home it's like a comfort zone after a while and then you have to step into the real world and this is like getting your first official job so what was that experience like and you know where did you end up working and what were you doing and talk us through like how you got to the role you're at now and what you do yeah, sure. I mean, oh, how I got to my current role, it's a whole, whole exp- <laughs> journey. Right. Um, so, you know, final year of uni is usually when everyone starts applying for um, grad, role, grad roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you hadn't done an internship in the second year, kind of just like trying to find whatever's left over kind of thing like you know a lot of um people got offered a permanent role um after their internship and I didn't do an internship in my second year so um I had to basically um apply to so many different places you know in Mm -hmm. go to interviews and all of that in my final year whilst juggling um my studies and preparing for um preparing for the exam so it's definitely really really stressful and um I've I remember I went to um I think I got into two final round interviews um so they were very different roles one was a investment banking role oh wow I did not know this (laughs) yeah and I know can you imagine (laughs) and one was a um consultancy a consult in a consultancy so I was going to go into uh, become a consultant Mm -hmm. and you know like after just months and months and months of um getting rejections it was just like it it was quite nice to get into the final stage Mm -hmm. and yeah, so I had those two final interviews, I remember, and I went into my um, the investment banking interview mm-hmm. um, with that, and then I, stu- I went into my consultancy one, and I heard back from the um, investment bank, I think 
after a week maybe and they call me and they're like <clears throat> excuse me they're like hey Priya um it was really great having you at the interview blah 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 unfortunately and I was my heart just oh, sank yeah. like, oh my god another rejection and they're like yeah unfortunately um you haven't been offered a place mm-hmm. but you know like I think they offered a role to three people or four people if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and they said you're um basically if one of them drops out then um we're gonna offer the role to you oh wow right and I was like oh my god like I, I think I prayed every single day I was like please let one of them get offered a better role please let them get yeah. offered a better role um but unfortunately that didn't happen mm-hmm. and then I didn't hear back from the consultancy um at all and I'm like oh my god I have no idea what's happening mm-hmm. um and then um uni was coming to an end so I did my final exam and as most typical students do you know I went backpacking across Asia nice. <laughs> so I was I remember I was in Thailand and I was with my friend and we were getting manicures done <laughs> I was checking my phone and I saw an email being like congratulations I was like oh my god oh my god what is oh, happening wow I what? the rest of the email and it's like congratulations mm-hmm. um was uh, so excited to uh, I don't know I can't remember what the email said but it was just like congratulations we're offering you a place that blah blah blah, blah. yeah but I what an amazing so time to receive lucky. that email whilst you're doing yeah. your manicure oh, in oh Thailand I was just I was oh my god I was so happy I told my friend and we would that day we were just celebrating and mm-hmm it kind of lifted a weight off my shoulder because I had secured a job um, just before graduating. So it means like after I graduate, I have something to go into. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was really, really great. And after, yes, yeah, so I came back from my holiday and then two weeks later I graduated. And then two weeks after that, I started my first job. And oh my goodness, it was so scary. <laughs> it was so scary because that was my first time like stepping into the real real world like, yeah so what really was good. the role um what what were you called in that role yeah, what was the job so title? my job title was test consultant mm-hmm. um so I chose I I did accounting in university but I decided to well I mean I did apply for um the investment banking role but I was really interested in consultancy as well because I found myself being more interested in like working with different people and I'd had so many good things about consultancies like you know you'd be working with all sorts of different clients Mm -hmm. and every time you get a new client it's like you're at a new job and you're you're just building relationships and that really interested me Mm -hmm. so I'm really I'm actually really really glad that the investment banking the investment bank job it didn't it didn't work out I mean even though I'll probably be like super rich (laughs) (laughs) no it's so true sometimes the way life unfolds it's you know basically what's right for you yeah definitely it was like for me my first job was such a great introduction and such a great stepping stone into what I'm doing now um so what my first job um entailed was basically I I'd gone into kind of like the technology um software world so there's more IT and it wasn't working with like new um fintech technologies it was more working with IT and um yeah so I think basically IT yeah um so my I um I worked in my so when you're in a consultancy mm-hmm. you get assigned to different clients 
Right. And then, so I was assigned to my first client, which was a government. Um, it was, they were basically part of the government. So it's a government client, and I, when I say that was the most amazing team ever, like they were so sweet, so welcoming. Um, and I used to do uh, software testing for them. So they ha- they basically their system was an old legacy system mm-hmm. and they were upgrading upgrading to a newer IT system and um because it was such a huge task because obviously they're a big organization mm-hmm. um it requires a lot of um a big team basically to kind of do that move for them and when you're moving from one legacy system to a new system it you need to make sure that um obviously nothing is missing everything is being um done properly mm-hmm. and like no there's no like you know data leaks or anything like that so we were doing um I, I was doing the um, testing on that, so making sure everything worked as expected, working with the um, the people that work in that organization and helping them kind of um, get used to the newer system and, like, you know, making sure that they understood um, how to use it and, like, um, what, they, what the new changes were and things like that. So, yeah, I was doing a lot of... So that was basically my consultancy yeah. work. Um, I mean, I love how you kind of are so honest about your journey as well and how it's not always butterflies and, you know, a lot of yeses and everyone will go through rejections, but also there'll come a time when you'll find what is right for you and to go through the whole process and to actually, you know, work in such a big organization with so many different people and forming all that relationships. I mean, it just, it's kind of ended up working out for you pretty well. Yeah. And then now you know I think that's obviously built up so much experience already for you that as a a technology analyst in Barclays yeah was that you know how was that starting off in Barclays um, such a well-known bank and also in a field where it's usually male dominated I mean how how are you finding it yeah so my current job how I got into it if I if I give you a quick backstory but yeah, so my current job, how I got into that, <clears throat> to give you a little backstory, um, I, at my previous job, like I said, you know, I was really enjoying it. Like my clients are amazing, but it, it sometimes in jobs it gets to a point where you realize that actually, you know, what I I need something more challenging. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned a lot from this role, but now I'm ready to kind of learn something more. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. So for me, um, I wanted to challenge myself and like go into a different kind of field. So I wanted to move more into the financial world and move more, um, more towards like technologies that are used by banks and all of that kind of thing. Um, so I, I was looking into, I kind of wanted to start from the beginning. Um, so I wanted to learn from the ground up, you know, I wanted to kind of, um, um, learn from um, kind of like the entry level um, like the grad scheme level just so I wanted to kind of immerse myself from the beginning again like I wanted to I felt like um, I wasn't experienced enough to go in as an entry like a um, an experienced hire and I just wanted to learn you know I just wanted to learn Mm -hmm. from everyone um, around me so I decided to do an internship initially Mm -hmm. um 
And when I told my parents, I was like, yes, I'm going to do an internship, but this doesn't mean a job is guaranteed at the end of the internship. And they were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) They were like, absolutely not. And I'm like, but this is such a great experience. It's going to be so good. And then, yeah, I I took the risk, like knowing, you know, it might not end well for me. Like they might decide actually, you know, you're not suited for the job. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. So I did an internship in Barclays and everyone was, you know, so much younger than me. And there I was, I just, it was so scary, but um, yeah, luckily um, it worked out. Um, And then I was offered the role at the end of my internship. Um, And then I started in Barclays just, I've been there for now a year and a bit. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't been too long actually. Um, Yeah. So I started in the role a couple of months back and, the title technology analyst is kind of like an umbrella term, right. but what I actually do in my role is more of a project manager slash scrum lead kind of role. Mm-hmm. I like that title mm-hmm. better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's come with its challenges. You know, I've never, um, I I was never, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I. Um, I've never done that role before and to be trusted with that experience was just wow like it was just crazy but everyone is so supportive and like they really do help you along the way so I can ask questions all the time and it's been a really really um like a really really great journey I really enjoyed it so I like I'm still really enjoying it I'm learning I feel like I'm learning something new every day Mm -hmm. which is really good but yeah, so that's kind of like how I came into my current role. Nice. I love how, you know, you still took that risk despite your parents kind of, I suppose from them it's kind of like a worry, obviously, because because you said it might not guarantee a job, right? And yeah. I also love exactly. that. They were like, why would you leave a like, good job with yeah. good pay? Why would you leave that to like risk it for an internship and you don't know what's going to happen? Yeah. But I was just so determined to like... um go into that sector like to go into the financial world I was like I don't care like Mm -hmm. even if it means I'm not gonna get the job I don't care like at least I will have some experience Mm -hmm. I think that's what scared me because I didn't have an experience in banking or an experience in finance like I didn't do an internship before so I was like okay I need to show them that actually I can't do it yeah let me go for this internship and actually my my previous job really helped me in my interview to get my current role right so it was I feel like you know like you said everything kind of has its way of working out yeah yeah. Um, for me yeah that's how it kind of it really like when I say it helped it really really helped mm-hmm. like I knew when they were asking me the questions I knew exactly what they were asking me if they asked me about testing like when I was in uni, I would have not known nothing about it. I would have known absolutely nothing about how to write test cases or how to plan certain things. And when I went into the interview, I was like, oh, my God, I know how to answer these questions. And so you're like, yes, like, I know this. Yeah. yeah. So I have to say, you know, my first job has helped me to a huge amount like a huge huge amount yeah I mean I think that's such a good point you made also about having to take that internship and I think it's so normal now especially now where you know you it's always fine to take a step down and to um, progress into a role that you really want to go into for a bigger future you know and I think that's that's so well said yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) so I mean I just yeah I mean I, I 
like totally love your journey and I definitely can like relate to so much of what you're saying as well so what would you say to people you know who want to do what you're doing at the moment and they don't know where to start I mean what is like the one advice you would give them that is tough um one advice I think you know don't give up and just be open to learning Mm -hmm. that sounds so cheesy but I genuinely Mm. have no idea what no, that's, su- that's such a good point though just be open to learning because you don't always yeah. know everything you even if yeah. you think you do right and yeah don't be afraid of taking risks and you know like opportunities come in so many different different ways so don't be be afraid to take that risk and yeah just just go for it <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah so last question if you could change anything up to now regarding your career choices what would it be um I you know I don't as cheesy I feel like I'm so cheesy but <laughs> that, cheesy. that's just defining you though isn't it Priya <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would change um anything or how I've done anything um yeah like I I think everything kind of worked out as it was meant to work out and mm-hmm. it's um and like the way like time it's just everything has happened at its right at the right time for, for me and mm-hmm. when I look back now like um I feel like if I had gone to Barclays um as a grad maybe a year before I wouldn't have had the same experience I wouldn't have met the same people or the people I've met now you know it's just I feel like everything kind of worked out when it was supposed to so I definitely would not change anything I mean I would encourage actually you know what I want to encourage more women to join um the STEM world I can't Mm -hmm. I feel like I think you asked me this before but um my my role and um kind of the space that I am in Mm -hmm. you know it is heavily male dominated yeah i go into a meeting mm -hmm. and it's it's majority of it is male yeah that must be quite like i don't know how do you feel about that i i don't know i feel like this space is constantly evolving because when i go into some meetings you know like i see a lot of males but then when i but when i go into another like i can see a lot of it's so encouraging when I see um, females in really, really high positions. Yeah. Recently, we've had a lot of females being um, promoted to a senior position. And um, it's just so encouraging to see, especially when they're a female, um, where it's like a fem- person of um, like a, a ethnic, I don't know how to say it, like a... From white... a different, uh, from a ethnicity that you can relate to maybe? Yeah, from, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> So like um, our um, there was a really senior lady and she's um, Indian and to see someone like her with her background like in such a high position I feel like it's really encouraging for someone like me and I'm like okay I can do that too you know like I I can be like her too I can get there one day and it's really really nice it's really encouraging like when mm-hmm. I say it's encar- I'm I, tremendously encouraging to see um, women in such high positions and I I feel like you know this is such a great space like it's an ever-growing space Mm -hmm. there's so many um technologies so dynamic like there's so many opportunities there's so many things happening and um it's a really exciting space and so many new technologies coming out you get to work with really exciting teams and really exciting projects and i would just encourage um more females to to join um 
a STEM, a to like do STEM in university and mm-hmm. to join a job that's kind of um, in the STEM field. It's just, it's such a great space to be in and I'd love to see more females um, in the space. Nice. Yeah. I couldn't, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you um, any more on that with you. Um, so, I mean, thank you so much for talking to me about your journey so far. And, you know, I know we're, we're good friends, but I think I always say this to you, like, Priya, I just don't know what you do. <laughs> but I think from this podcast, I've definitely learned a lot more about you and, you know, your journey um, so far. So, I mean, I, I, I know you have LinkedIn. Yes, um, so I do. Would you be happy for listeners to obviously connect with you on LinkedIn? Um, yes, definitely. And, yeah, I think, like you said, it's such a good way to kind of connect with people and you know get to know more about you know what you do, especially if you're interested in that field, and especially for females interested in STEM. I think it's such a great way to uh, make connections and network. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I can see that I'm gonna uh, I will be closing this pot episode now because I know you're a busy woman so thank you again for talking to me and is there anything else you want to share before we close off um well firstly I want to say thank you for having me it's been really nice to talk about my journey and yeah I mean I hope everyone listening it um Please, if you want to, please feel free to uh, link with me or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to um, answer questions. If you have any questions regarding um, working in work, um, working in like the finance world or working as like a project manager or a scrum lead, please feel free to come and talk to me. And like I said, I'm always learning as well. So if you have any any anything you want to um, tell me or inform me about, I'm happy happy to connect with you on all those subjects so yeah that's it and thank you so much for having me thank you Priya bye bye